like I wish I could just let it like I wish I could do something just to make him play again because that was his biggest passion in life and so like in some way I was like I was so totally supposed to go on golf because now like my dad can kind of live through me and we have this like connection with golf now that's even stronger than probably football ever was or any sport ever was that's incredible yeah and and it's such like a full circle thing for me and it's just I really love golf now like I love watching it I watch it anytime I can I'm like fully invested into the players the players lives their success um. all systems are good all right my lady dude it's time for plan B How did you get so, because I've known you this whole time, and I know you, you've always loved football. Who, like, taught it to you or showed you what this sport was? Well, actually, a really fun fact, I've never been, so my favorite team is the New York Giants, obviously a diehard fan, and I've never been to a New York Giants game, like a live one, which when I tell people that are, I don't like, believe you, though. I know. I'm, people are actually for it. I remember I told Sam this a couple of weeks, like, like a year ago, and he was like, you've never been? I was like, no. You've I'm, been to a Jets game, though, right? No. I thought you've been to like... I've been to MetLife. Like we... I took a sport management class in high school and yes. they had trips to MetLife. I went there too with yeah. that same trip, what's I her think. Name? What was that person? She was the tall blonde lady. Yeah. She also taught like a radio class yeah. as well. Yeah. So this is probably, you know, a little kudos mm-hmm. to her, but yeah. I forget. Whatever she was wonderful, was. but... Yeah. So we... So that's how I've been to like MetLife and I've been to like a concert there. Like I've been to a couple concerts there, but I've actually never been to like a Giants game there. Okay. Because I... I don't believe you. I Like, I'm telling the truth, though. I know. It's just crazy because I've still known you this whole time. I know. You've never been to a game. Okay, fair People enough. People are honestly floored when I tell them that, and I'm actually floored, but the reason why I think I refuse to go is... So, going back to your question, my whole life, like, my dad and I have been best friends, and obviously, like, I was the boy he never had because okay. I love sports. Yeah. And he definitely taught me, like, growing up to love sports. I mean, I can watch any sports game. I can talk sports with guys. Like, I can keep up with everybody. Or just anybody who knows about them. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I've just grown up loving sports. He always made me watch them, and I, I think that's just, you know, like, watch. We got to get you to a game. I know. We should plan a trip. Well, the reason why I didn't go to games is one, because with my dad of course. being handicapped, it's just harder to figure that out. Of course. And then, like, <laughs> somebody always makes a joke. Like, when you go to, my one family friend was like, I always go to the NFL games, and I look for the yellow line, and I can never find it. Okay. And uh, that's, like, kind of, like, for me, like, I like watching at home where I can go to the bathroom, eat what I want, like, go, like, just not have to worry about crowds, seeing the ball. And honestly, I get really intense. Like, people hate watching football games with me or even being... You've been to Rutgers games, though, and things like that. So why not take that up to the next level and just... I don't know. See the best team or your favorite team. Yeah. And we got to plan a trip. I'm not letting you live that down. Well, also, it's so expensive. And... We can get cheap. We'll get pre-season still a game. Horrible of me to say, but like I always think about like going to games and drinking, and I go into a Giants game and then like drinking and I have to drive back. I'm like, there's no easy way to get there for us. We have to go as a clock, you know. Like, I'll drive. Okay. That's set. Okay. Well, we can take my car so we can at least tailgate out of it. Okay, you'll t- you we'll take your it. car. I'll drive just us two. Yeah. And Sam. Okay. If well, we want. can get like a crowd. Nah, it's fine. And it has well, to be, maybe per- it has to be personal. I'm gonna get a sponsor. They'll pay for it. <laughs> Seek Geek. It's gonna be an exciting time. Yeah, but never been to one. And you've been to many college games, mm-hmm. but you've also grown a liking to Notre Dame as well. You mm-hmm. still follow that just as much as you do with the Giants? Um, well, obviously, wanted to go to Notre Dame my whole life. Didn't get in. But, um, of course, made the best choice of my life and went to the University of South Carolina. Uh, best school ever. Just a plug for you guys. Being there. on it, I didn't even think about that when I asked about college football. <laughs> so I was like, you ever go to college sports? <laughs> And you're like, no shit. I was like, yeah, oh. so like South Carolina, no. Of course. Of course. Um, went to every football game of South Carolina football. It's the best school ever. Gamecocks, correct? Yeah, go Cox, baby. And we have the best opening of any football team, I just want to like to say. But yeah, I went to every game in college. And um, the atmosphere of just being in those those types of games and like just coming together just for something that's so like meaningless in a way. No, you're not wrong. Like at football, don't get me wrong. Like people pour so much money into it. It's such great to be in an atmosphere where people care so much about the same thing. 
But at the end of but the, the day, but the end of the day, like, who cares who wins a football game? You know, like, and that's there's a lot so of many. I know that's like really hard for me to say. It's a lot of people, a lot of people agree with that yeah. statement. They're like, who cares? Like, my mom could be one who cares less oh. about who wins the championship. Yeah. See, I 100% care. Like, I would like, I bleed mm. and die for South Carolina football. Well, of course. But when you when you really like take a step back and think about it, it's like there's so many other things going on in the world that like I could be focusing my time on. But like South Carolina football, like love of my life so well when you're in that moment of course but yeah. it's something will stick with you yeah and just traditions and things that mm-hmm. you can always hold on to and i think it attracts a lot of people like when you look at schools i remember i was between umass and university of south carolina and it was did you compare the football programs or just the well, college life within that atmosphere well i was i had figured out that sport management was a thing you know my whole life wanted yes. to be in sports but i didn't necessarily know how to get there and so i wanted to be a business major thinking i'd go into business and then like go into business in a sports company so you know work for the giants in the business uh, aspect of it but then i go to the university of south carolina and umass to visit and realize they have like one of the top sport management programs in the country and it's between umass and usc university of south carolina like back and forth and i'm like whoa like there's a freaking major that does. did you know that going into that or you kind of just found out on the tour yeah I found out on the tour, we went to um, like a hospital, the, the business school that actually had sport management in it. And I was like, the hell is this? Like, how did I not know about this? Just kind of happy little yeah. accidents, I guess. And I'm like, oh my God, this is what I'm supposed to do. So when I was down to my final decision, I was between UMass and USC. And it was either the sports programs go back and forth between the top sport programs. So that wasn't the issue. Of Are they like, in the same division for yeah. competition wise? I don't think... I think UMass is D1. They may be D1A. I don't know. Okay. Victor Cruz went to UMass and played football there. He also Fun won fact. a Super Bowl too. Yes. So. Go Giants. Um, so I was between those two schools. And like education-wise, like both great programs, reputable. So it was either cold weather and horrible football. Because UMass, I think the season before I went to school, was like 1-14. in 14. Oh, yeah. Now okay. I'm thinking back about it. Yeah, they're not. They have a good soccer program. Yeah. And usually that doesn't scream football heavy. But so. like horrible. Or warm weather excuse me, warm weather and amazing football. And I like remember thinking to myself my whole life, we grew up huge Rutgers fans. Like Rutgers was good with Ray Rice. It's like, yeah, Greg Schiano, like just amazing football program. And we were diehard. Like everybody around here was like diehard Rutgers fans, loved them. And I was like, I remember that. And I loved it so much. Like, why would I even consider UMass or a non-football school? Because that's something I loved my whole life. And if I had gone to a school that wasn't football focused or like, hardcore you would lose yourself a little I, bit yeah and i would have regretted my decision and i think i would have been super unhappy so like i always say like i'm supposed to go where i'm supposed to go like i wanted to go to Notre Dame my whole life great school great football program of course but like but. usc was like the greatest decision of my life i met the greatest people i had the best time and I will forever be a diehard South Carolina person, fan, everything. And from what it sounds like, you probably got the better of education than you could have just because you said they're number one program. Mm-hmm. And yeah. compared to Notre Dame, they probably don't have that specific of mm-hmm. major. This is a very specific major within yeah. this field, I guess, concentration. Yeah. So it's actually its own major. So at USC, they... It's Can you actually, get a master's in it? Yeah. Cool. Any, USC actually has a PhD program. No shit. Yeah. Sh- wow. Which I, it's one of the only schools that does PhD in sport management. But, but it, yeah, because it's that specific. That's yeah. really oh, that's so interesting. But the cool thing about like USC and UMass sport management is its own major. It's not like it's it's not like a concentration or a focus. So like my degree is a Bachelor of Science in Sport and Entertainment Management from the business school. No, oh no, from its own. Yeah, just so department. Yeah, it depends. So at UMass, it's in the business school. It's a business major. At the University of South Carolina, we have a school called the College of Hospitality, Retail, Sport Management. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, so, so basically it's its own, own school college. for it. Yeah. yeah. So, and the business school is completely separate. We take classes in the business school because like, you know, like the course of finance, economics, you still have to take that. Yes. Um, but Still in the, relate. Yeah. But in the sport management program, you're pretty much taking business classes, but they're sport focused. So instead of taking my marketing, like 101, 201, 301, like sports marketing, sport marketing 101. 101, 201, 301. Um, That's really interesting. The only, and then like my, one of my final classes is sport finance. And so you're looking at venues, how they operate. You know, like specific what? to so is this more so the be like working at the stadium behind the scenes financial things or everything from 
working that to working the digital and ad space and all this like everything that encompasses a business but just everything related to sports so in your sport management program you can take you can pick like a focus so my major sport and entertainment management so that's what i guess we'll call the concentration comes in part to it so like my major was sport and entertainment management but i focused on sport like i barely took any entertainment classes i only took the one that like you had to like core classes like a prereq like a or 201 something. you know okay. like a 101 like a half semester kind yeah. of class thing well no they're full semesters but like they're just part of the major and then as you got to your junior and senior year you picked your more focused classes so i took sport finance um i took venue management um when you're focusing on like venue arenas would be very interesting i yeah. feel like just understanding that whole operation it's like a live event situation that's it's crazy a lot of moving parts a lot of moving mm-hmm. people and probably a lot of people mess up during those times, but oh, you yeah. just got to keep like moving on with it. It was a crazy, actually a funny story. When I was in my sport finance class, my professor was actually the CFO of our arena, our basketball arena called Colonial Life Arena. It's a huge basketball arena that holds our basketball events for men and women and then concerts throughout the year. Of course. And he used to be the old CFO, so he had a lot of insight. And, and this is your professor? Mm-hmm. And we were going over... Um, just how it all takes to put on a concert contracts with the ticketing manager you know the tour manager the act and all this stuff and um, my senior year there was a festival that was going on and little wayne was the main like headliner okay and in his contract it stated that he couldn't come into the the venue without going through a metal detector that was part of the contract um just for security purposes usually all acts have to do that i feel like everybody should do that just you never know just in case and what if they forget i don't know and it's just like i think that's common um i don't know but i think so and so when he got to the venue he refused to go through a metal detector refused Hmm. and this whole con you know why because he refused to take off his jewelry that's (laughs) what it was he had so much like metal in his mouth he's like i'm not taking this out yeah probably and uh so, like, they, this huge performance is going on. There was, like, 10 acts a part of it, but Lil Wayne was, like, the end headliner. So, he was, everyone was there to see Lil Wayne. Yeah, you just kind of go to, like, see the other acts, so you're waiting for Lil Wayne. What year is this? Is he still this, this popular? Is like, like, my fall semester, my senior year. So, 2017. So, it's still this pretty recent, I would still say. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. Um, and he refused to go through the metal sector, so he couldn't go on. So, then what happened so to then the whole it's event? All about, so, then this whole, like, craziness about it was... That we were like kind of going over in classes like what do you do from here? So do you refund the ticket holders because, you know, they paid for Little Wayne technically probably like inside. They're like, would I have gone to this concert without Little Wayne? He's the selling probably point. Probably not. But it wasn't the venue's fault that he broke his contract. So then it's like, do you pay Little Wayne? Do you take that money to refund the the people that went the people still got all they had to see except little wayne they got like 95 percent of what they paid exactly for. so it's like didn't do it so it's like this huge deal and of course like little wayne probably honestly he didn't really probably care about the metal detector he probably just didn't want to go on and was just using that as an excuse maybe but i think fault goes on him oh 100%. broke his contract so the venue would they then try to put blame on him so it's like the venue did all we could yeah he broke his contract so like we like would you refund him with the money that you didn't pay I him know. i guess that so what you that's said the problem because uh, i mean obviously we couldn't go into specific details because it's contracts and oh like, very true you know so we didn't like know everything but like let's say little wayne's paying a million dollars we're paying little wayne a million dollars to come perform at the venue mm-hmm. like for all the people that went like what, what are you gonna give them like five dollars each back you know like not necessarily a million dollars would be able to refund of all course the tickets that were bought one and two like at the end that wasn't the venue's fault it was little wayne's fault so the venue still had to like set up all the lighting the sound pay its people concessions like of course every, still all their on. expenses yeah. just because one fell through exactly so it's been this like i don't know if it's still going on i remember it was like still in kind of like, oh what the negotiation uh-huh. deals from this event yeah like when i was still in college like I left spring semester to do an internship, but before I left, that was still like up in the air. Like there was, we kept talking about it in almost every class. Like, what do they do? Like, oh wow, so this ongoing thing. Yeah, because nobody like, knew. Does the venue pay? Does you know? Like it's and for me too, I'm like I don't know because when you think about it, honestly, if I was going to like see a Little Wayne concert, right? Like, I probably would have just been going to Little Wayne because if I looked at the the list of people, like, was it anyone else like recognizable or like? probably some minor acts that some people knew they're like oh i know little wayne and these other two artists but I not mean, really maybe but i mean also too they're marketing little wayne so that's also the issue like when you're marketing an event that little wayne will be here that's what's going to drive your ticket sales of course so then you don't fall through with it 
so but like, it's not your fault exactly so it's like so it's like a mix and wash battle just take half and half and yeah i don't know but this is why like i chose my chose my major because there's just, like stuff like this you wouldn't think about it's very interesting and you start learning and uh, throughout all the different classes and i just find it like so interesting so through this i what so you weren't at this experience so this is just a live event that you've been just going over and learned about when did you get in doing to your first live experiences? Because I know yeah. you, this was when you did started working with the PGA Tour. Yeah. So exactly. Is that come from this class? No, that was actually my senior year, but my freshman year. So USC has a huge relationship with the Masters at Augusta National. Everybody knows the Masters, even if you don't like golf. Like you probably heard of the Masters. I would hope so. <laughs> I wouldn't say everybody. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who don't watch golf. Yeah. But yeah. golf is a sport that's more mental than anything, and yeah. I am terrible at it. Oh, it's so hard. I'm not good at all. I hate it. I still hate it, but Do I love... Do you play often, though? Or? No, I used to play more with my dad. I used to only play because of my dad. Of course. And then okay. now he doesn't play anymore, so I don't play. But at the same time, I'm working in it, so I don't necessarily want to work and play at the same time. You want to make... You want to keep work fun. Exactly. I guess. I don't know. It's weird. Also, I'm not good at it, and I hate not being good at things. And golf, it's like when you hit a ball and it doesn't go the right way, like you're so screwed. <laughs> it's the most frustrating thing yeah. in the world. And then you just, like you hit you're a in ball the trees. And it curves and you're like, how the hell did that <laughs> happen? And like, I try to, I would try to adjust my swing, adjust my grip. And I'm like, I don't know why this is happening. So I never got to the point of adjusting that. grips. I just, yeah, I never, I never like gave it all, like my all to golf anyway. Never really, because I was always doing other sports. Yeah. But jumping back in. Sorry, yeah. No, no, I got off topic. <laughs> jumping back into so jumping back the in. start of the, not I thought it was going to be your internship. It's not. This is something mm -hmm. you got not not related to class. Yeah, no. So my freshman year, um, never. So like you mentioned previously, I was a huge football fan. Like my whole life, I was like, I'm working for the New York Giants. I had my. Still going to. <laughs> I don't know. You never know. After OBJ got traded, I have no idea what's going on. I was going to talk to you about office. that at the end of the football segment. But okay, we'll go back to it. Anyway. Okay. Um, I thought I was going to work for the Giants a whole life. My mom had a connection somehow to the jam, Jerry Reese, when he used to be. I remember that. The Giants. So I remember I emailed him like my senior year of high school and I was like, hey, Jerry, like, what's up? Like, <laughs> do you have any internships that a high school student could come or would I be able to come even shadow you for a day or two? Like, even if it's just for a day, like would love to That'd do it. That'd be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He actually responded, which very shocked. Super nice. And cause it's not like my mom knew him personally. It was just someone who knew someone who knew someone. She just got his email. Yeah. Like, Here you go. Yeah. Okay. And also shockingly, like my mom's company is owned by the Maras who own the giants. So. Well, it must've been hell of an email. Yeah. I bet. So anyway, uh, reach out to him. He reached out back and he was like, sorry, we don't do anything for high school students, but come back to me in a couple years when you have your like you're in college and you have some experience and gotcha. i was like okay i'm gonna get experience like let's do I'm this in. i'm working for the giants like he emailed me back we're buddies let's go <laughs> so I'll go to college and obviously like i mentioned my dad huge golf fan like i remember every sunday he'd watch golf and i wanted to like hate my i hated my life because he'd make me watch it and i hated golf at that time yes at that time like middle school high school hated it i feel like if you don't understand it nor yeah. if you never really you got to play it to understand mm -hmm. the pain that people go through. And when someone's that good, you're just in awe. Yeah. And I only really knew Tiger Woods at the time, like who did it. And I loved him. But if he wasn't doing well or winning, I like did not care. And I was just like, no. Okay. But the Masters is like the god of all gods in sport. Like they are known out of golf or not, like just known to be perfect. And just the competitively wise within their no, within just golf or just so, as a person just as a, as an organization so oh, okay the masters is at augusta national which is every year it's been a tournament that's been going on for since like the 20s i think that could be wrong i have no idea honestly but anyway it's 50 plus years for sure it's a very private club um it's only like 300 members you have to be invited like condoleezza rice how does one get invited oh you have to be like a billionaire this is just to attend where this the golf course a, is. This like is the to member. be a member. Yeah. Yes. This is not to play in it. This is just no, no, to no. be this at the house. This is to be a member. What is it called? Is it just called like a clubhouse? To what? Just like the place where golfers hang out and just prior the to clubhouse, go. The clubhouse, yeah. It's just called the clubhouse. Yeah. I, don't, I know nothing of this. So yeah, please. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. Um, so just knew so much about it. And like my dad had been a couple of times because he was a great golfer and through work and stuff like that. Um, but what's really cool about the Masters is like you can't buy tickets to it. You have to either um, like enter to win them through Augusta National or you have to be invited by somebody or usually companies buy tickets. Tickets just to attend the event. To now. attend the event, okay. yes. 
Companies so, make sense. They eat, they eat all that stuff up. And yeah, then just, through sponsorships and money, definitely. connections, you know, all that jazz. It's a lot of who you know and who you work for, yeah. for, especially this kind of exclusive event. Exactly. But it's so exclusive. You can't bring your phone in onto the property at all. Even as an attendee? No. Like, nobody can bring their phone on. The only people that have their phones are the people who work for Augusta National, a.k.a. the Masters, or members. Do they check you on the way in? Oh, yeah. You go through metal detectors. Like, if you get caught with your phone, you get banned from the Masters forever. I've always, I guess I've never seen like a Snapchat video of someone at the Masters. No. It's been all the other opens. Yeah. Which honestly never thought of that. makes it so perfect because the Masters controls what the people see. Which is perfect in their eyes. Yes. And, it, and honestly, from a marketer standpoint, it's, like you are only showing them the absolute perfection of it. And don't get me wrong though, when you go there, it is what it shows. Well, in a good way, you mean? Of oh, course. Yeah. Because yeah, it sounds oh, like what's so pristine and like. Yes everything is like to the the t's everyone's yeah. dotting their eyes i guess so it's crazy so i was like i need to uh, we have a huge relationship with them we send about three to five hundred kids at a time to go work the masters and how, how many people run this one if this is just okay besides just the venue itself mm -hmm. the, where everyone just like it's a daily thing besides yeah. outside the tournament how many people does it take to run the tournament oh so many i mean for i can get on later but like for what i do like i run the volunteers and we accept Anywhere between 1,500 to 1,700 volunteers. And that's just volunteers. And that's just, wow. And like my staff is 15 people. And then we have people that come help us. And then you have media. And you have the companies that put up all the, sh like the, the seating. Like there's so much. There's a lot into. that goes there's into it. There's a lot. It. Of and course. Especially at Augusta National, it's all in-house. So it's even bigger. Oh, like, it's all their own. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they own everything that's even going on. Mm -hmm. So. Wow. Okay. And they like, they have the. Like you, Augusta National, their jobs are so private, but the only thing they publicize is people to work in like um, landscaping. So how to keep the greens. It's because it's this whole like agriculture and. I bet it's beautiful. though. Oh, it's insane. I mean, they dye their greens green, I'm sure. Well, you never know. I know. But anyway, I was like, we're, I'm sorry. I'm really bad at going off topic, but um, had to work this and I applied and I w got an interview and I got the job. And I'm like, hell freaking yeah. Because usually freshmen don't get jobs that, to work with them. Because it's lack really, of experience, lack of this experience, and that, and all that kind of. Blah, kinda, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and it's just really competitive because everybody wants to work the masters. And I mean, there's people that have come out of this job with like five business cards from CEOs and are like, we love you and you work so hard for us. Here's my card. Let me know if you need anything. It's all about the people you know at yeah. the end of the day. So it's an amazing experience for you to meet people, experience something that you've never experienced. And... um. How long were you in this for? Because it was so more than week. once. Yeah. And I did it for three years. Yes. Okay. So I went for the week and it is hard work. Like you get up at 5 a.m. every morning. You get to work by 630 and then you don't leave until 730 or 8 o'clock. And I'm on my feet for that whole time. I probably Just sit. running around. Yeah. And I worked in the main golf shop, which is their um, like merchandise tent. And okay. I sell children's clothes. And the amount of people that want to buy master stuff is insane and like you do don't you ever care run about the out price. Of, do you ever run out of stuff oh 100 no? okay. by the end of the week like okay. we're sold out of things but it's crazy like people do not care how much you're spending and honestly i don't either like i remember the first time i went to a checkout i bought stuff i wanted i spent like 500 dollars, and i wasn't even mad <laughs> well it's that the people who are there they're the people who actually can probably afford these things so yeah. it's like yeah it's whatever it's not for, necessarily but the, the ones who get invited are yeah but by companies they can yeah but there's a lot of people that win the tickets so like you you can um, right enter at augusta national.com it's like 150 bucks and you have a chance to win is it, it. like a pool yes oh, it's like a raffle yes. you put put money in and maybe you get a yes. draw like yes. how they do the new york city marathon yeah. the whole shebang uh -huh. but okay. there's people that will like legit save up money just to come here and then they're in augusta georgia and they give out tickets to a lot of people in augusta that's so nice of yeah, them yeah just to keep that good relationship with augusta if they're using their um, town might as well yeah give so it not, a little not back. necessarily everybody that goes there has money but people like do not care much their money they're spending it's frugal it's frugal money to yeah. them i guess and they have the cool shit. Like, I bought Sam Masters boxers. You probably <laughs> they, can't find them anywhere else. No. And they're, like, the nicest, like, silkest box. They're 40 bucks, And they just have the Masters logo all over them. But they're so silky. The nice boxers. And the next year I went, Sam's like, can you get me another pair? So he has two Masters boxers. Oh, wow. Are you spoiling him with underwear? And I'm like, listen, you can never lose these because that was $40 worth of underwear. Now it's $80. Now it's $80 worth of, worth of underwear. I'm like, you're lucky. I love you. 
<laughs> but anyway, so working that week, I completely and utterly fell in love with golf. I fell in love with the business of it, the people around it. I mean, just seeing how the staff worked and their dedication to making it actually perfect. Like, they talk about how perfect they want to be, but they're actually, you know, showing that action of it. They live up to expectations. Yeah. And, but they were also then so kind to us. You know, like, motivating us every morning, being you know, checking us, checking in on us, introducing themselves to us. Like the guy who's the head of merchandise at Augusta, he used to be like this, the head of merchandise at Disney. Like he's no oh, wow. joke. So probably Mr. Parada, nicest guy ever. Probably has, he probably glows up a room. No. Oh yeah. So nice. Such a nice guy. Knows probably so many people. Very successful at what he does. Is he, is this his main role within this like division? This is, he's yeah. been doing this for, I guess, yeah. quite some time. Like he got brought over from Disney to work at Augusta National, which you must be pretty good at your job if you're just coming for so yes. these people that are work the event mm-hmm. when the event's on it's only like a one week show they get mm-hmm. so they have to be they prepare for this entire week yeah that's and nuts it's crazy and but like this guy who used to like run the merchandise at disney now runs it for the masters is coming up introducing himself and after a super year, friendly guy still remembers my name awesome i mean like don't get me wrong like we had a good conversation you probably left a good impression hopefully i think so and like you when you see a familiar face after a while like you know the name. Yeah. No matter how many years it's he been, was, you're like, I know I recognize you. He was but like, going, M, right? M, right? And I'm like, at least you remembered like the first. Worked at Disney. Yeah. It's probably really good with names. So it's like, it, it was like great to see that. Um, and I was like, wow, these people are awesome. Like I love, like started to fall in love with golf. I was like, I think this is where I'm supposed to go. And ever since that, I worked the Masters for three years after that. And then, you know, got internships with the New Jersey PGA. Worked there for two years, two mm-hmm. summers. And then my senior internship, I worked at the RBC Heritage, which is a PGA Tour event down Hill and Head. That's, I actually got to see the PGA Tour tournament side of things. Okay. Um, Was that, did you like that better or it's just a different take on it, I guess? It's just a different take on it. And, you know, when I worked for the Masters, I'm working, like, selling merchandise. I'm not really involved in the logistical aspects. Of the sport itself. Of the sport and, like, the tournament. Like, I don't, operational-wise, like, had no idea what was going on. Uh, So you couldn't even keep keep up with, like, who won or who was winning during the day because you're just too busy Yeah, when we had breaks, we would go run out and see really quick. But you have, like, 30, 45-minute breaks because it's just so busy. So busy. Like, we, I was selling so people don't like would think this is like shocking but children's clothes is the second most thing they sell at masters besides what hats makes sense they sell i think this is the statistic was like on average they sell five hats every 45 seconds and the hats what like 25 bucks 50 bucks who knows like i don't remember but five seconds or you said it's some it's that could be wrong but it's something crazy like that yeah they sell hats like there's no tomorrow and children's clothes was second a lot of kids, babies, because yeah. I guess you just pile Grand on the clothes. Kids, kids, everybody just wants to buy. And they have kids, cute kids. stuff, you know? But they're like, oh, I'll get this, I'll get this. I'm like, people, you know you're buying like $70, $50. Like, it's not like cheap, but. But you're at the, when you're at the Masters, you're at this, what they're paying for what you're seeing. Yeah. And what you're seeing is perfect. So, yeah. you know what? You can jack up the prices a little bit. Yeah. They can afford to. Yeah, and you can't buy the stuff anywhere else. Like a lot of tournaments, you can go online afterwards. Masters, you can buy it at the Masters and that's it. And or like resell on eBay. Yeah, people do that. But obviously they try to stop that because. You can't stop that though, can you? I know, but you try. So like, for example, um, they have clothes hanging on um, like racks, the circle racks. And people would just like take it uh-huh. and put it in their bag. And that's obviously a sign you're going to resell that like you don't care what you're looking at you're just taking it and putting it in your bag got it so they came for a rule you can only carry out of the shop what you can carry okay, so if fair. you like try to grab like six of those things if you need help carrying that out you can't buy all of it can you go back in for multiple times or they're gonna be like okay like we get what you're doing like if you're walking out and you're struggling like they're probably gonna be like mm. all right i mean it's, it's hard because like with any business like in a real t- things you don't even think about too yeah. that you have to be just consciously aware exactly. of exactly but like same with like being in a retail space like what I remember I was talking to like I think Dana or Taylor when they worked at Aeropostale. You can't necessarily I worked there too. Oh yeah. I did there. You can't necessarily go up to someone and be like, Hey, you're stealing. You have to go up and ask them if they need help, you know, like You weren't allowed to yeah, approach them. Exactly. You have to more start the conversation of like, We're watching you, like kind of thing. Just know that. We're we're here. Yeah, not that like um, excuse me, can I see your purse? What did you just put in there? You know, it has to be more of, and that's what the, that's what any tournament or any business Same tries kind to do. Of mentality. Like, you can't, you, if you can't carry it, you can't bring it out with you. Um, like, oh, sir, like, do you need help with all those things you're sticking in your bag? And then they'd be like, oh no, I accidentally did it, you know? Right. Cause then you, you catch them in the act and, and they're, they're like, like oh, oh, they're shit. letting me off. Yeah. So, and no one wants that kind of mm-hmm. dispute or just random, you know, yeah. eruption happen, especially in the shop where yeah. everyone's just trying to get their shit and get out. Yeah. So, um, Again, I sidetracked it. But anyway, so fell in love with sport, uh, with golf, went into RBC Heritage, got to see the tournament side of things. So 
now like working for the PGA Tour and working for a tournament in Jersey City at the Northern Trust. Buy mm. tickets, famous plug there. Oh, wow. Um, people don't realize like, it takes so much effort to put on a tournament. Like our tournament is in August every year, and people are like, you need a year to plan that. Exactly. Like, a year is not even enough. Like, There's a people, lot of stuff. People don't understand that. A live event is something that's one. It's like it's like a show. Yeah. You put it on. You have that one shot. Mm -hmm. Do you like do rehearsals and stuff? <laughs> no. Okay. But there's so just curious. You never. Some people usually do for if they're doing a speech, they'll do like mm -hmm. you know yeah. a speech rehearsal or some sort of dress rehearsal for something. A live event wouldn't be detrimental to do it. Well, we can't really rehearse through the fact that the players have to be there playing the golf and the spectators have to be there watching it, and the volunteers have to be there like. That's when virtual, virtual reality will step in. You yeah. can just do a mock -up. I know. But, I mean, what goes into a tournament, you have to get sponsorship deals. So you're getting sponsorship deals. The sales team is going out trying to sell hospitality suites. Um, you know, I'm trying this to... This is years in advance, too. Yeah, or year, yeah, selling and hospitality. Well, all you get is a year. Yeah, so sponsorship and stuff can be anywhere... You know, you're contracting deals for either that one year or multi-year deals. So we're called the Northern right. Trust. The Northern Trust isn't just something we pulled out our butts. Northern Trust is an actual bank right. that um, pays us to have their name as the headliner. So like RBC Heritage, RBC is the Canadian bank. And they're now that. And they're your sponsorships. Mm -hmm. Valspar. For, and these are probably long contract sponsorships. Exactly. These. And you're paying, you know, millions of dollars. Valspar, that's, I think, a paint company. Okay. And that's a, that's an event as well. So a lot of, when you look at a lot of these events, a lot of them have sponsorships that those deals last for anywhere from 5, 10, 15 years. You know, sometimes. Some shorter. Some shorter. Some yeah. can be two, three years. So that's that. Then you have hospitality suites where you are you are selling inclusive and exclusive hospitality events where you have food and beverage, indoor air conditioning, seating. You're seeing views, Wi-Fi, wi TVs, all that jazz. Trying to sell that. I'm trying to recruit 15 to 1,600, 1,700 volunteers to come to the event and help us. For in, the actual tour. For the actual tournament. Right. Like put it on. So. We have people doing, you know, driving golf carts to directing traffic to being ambassadors and answer questions. Then you have to actually build the structure. So we have an operationals guy who literally works on CAD, which is an engineering tool, right. to map out how everything's going to be put up, where it's going to be strategically. So just making like a map of the entire, the entire course. Everything. But then you also have to consider like fire routes, handicap routes. A lot of like regulations, they still need to be followed. Exactly. How can a structure fit on something that may not necessarily be solid? Solid ground because with golf course you'll see a lot of hills is weather the most detrimental thing that can happen to like a th an event like this like oh, just yeah. like catastrophic storms or like just rain yes. out of nowhere that was unprepared for rain is probably like the scariest thing for a golf tournament because one it deters people from coming so that means your sales and concessions merchandise everything goes down two we cannot play in um like lightning right because the me uh, metal, metal one exactly especially when you're playing with a an iron or like a driver those things well not, not a driver safe but iron made out of metal um so if there's lightning and like i think it's like a five mile radius you have to stop play for like at least half an at hour at least half hour yeah and if there's a lightning struck you have to wait after every 30 minutes so let's say you wait 20 minutes and lightning struck sucks you gotta wait 30 more yep and so then that pushes play back and so it can go days can they push it like days and like yeah. delayed yeah so like usually play is thursday friday saturday sunday Correct. thursday friday everybody i did know that good I did job know that. thursday friday everybody plays and then you get cut half gets cut and the other half moves on to saturday and sunday and so like our biggest fear is moving to monday like we could have a rain delay on thursday friday at least you have the opportunity that you could like push tea times really early saturday oh, and get them done quicker and get them done and like there's people that have played 36 holes so two rounds in one day just because of rain it happens like you have four is that you have to force the players to do it kind yeah. of it's like and they'll hey. do it because you have an opportunity to win money and that's like the of job course. and they're like this is what i'm here for i yeah. got i got to play to win yeah but i mean like from our point of view it like starts our day so much early i mean we're already there by like what four or five a.m that means we may have to get there at three i mean you know maybe like, you just never leave i know maybe i just sleep on the maybe i sleep on the first hole who knows that's okay but uh so then like so that's okay but like let's say it rains on a sunday that means we have to push it to monday and like our volunteers usually are not scheduled for monday so that means we have to make sure we can have volunteers on monday what do we do with tickets so let's say you rain out a sunday but people bought sunday tickets so do you make sure you can use them on monday do you let anybody who has a ticket come on monday right you know like there's plans that we have we obviously have like this whole plan and we have it scheduled out but it's just stuff you have to think about and you can't prepare for like even if it rains and like things get delayed there's something's gonna happen and it's just something you kind of have to go with a flow with but 
something you pray that never happens yeah you just pray honestly and when it like i remember do people give you sympathy like attendees there like when when it's like this event you know because of rain like hey like why aren't you prepared and you're like we are but this is just the it's such a huge event yeah i mean that's pretty much the attitude of like like what are you gonna do now yeah you know and it's like we are trying our best and like we want to make you happy and like obviously golf is a customer service based comp like tournament like excuse me organization like we are trying to make our customers happy we want them to come to the event we want them to buy food we want them to buy merchandise we want them to enjoy their time so that they come back every year and we want them to like enjoy being a fan so that they not only be a fan of our golf tournament but the game of golf in general yeah this is like this is setting the standards the masters in general sets the standards for golf is yeah but honestly we're the pga tour and like the masters i think what people don't realize is we're two different entities correct i didn't mean to like mix up the two but yeah no general but people don't know that so like we're the i work for the pga tour the pga is a different thing yes there's pga of america then there's the masters and then there's the usga so the usga is like the rule abiding rule abiding um force of golf so they are the ones that they set make the rules okay for the entire the game the game game of of golf golf. okay yes the masters is just a tournament that has been around for years it's really great at what it does yes and it's its own entity yes pga tour is what you see on tv every week so the tournaments that you see are all on the pga tour but not every tournament is actually run by the tour which people don't know so like i worked for the rbc heritage but i wasn't an employee of the tour but they still run a to- they run a part of the tour or no, s- different so, so they're just a tournament that's a part of the PGA tour just one tournament yes okay that's a part of the PGA tour but like the employees that work for the RBC Heritage are not employed by the PGA tour they're employed by the RBC the Heritage the Heritage, Cla- the Heritage Classic Foundation usually it's like foundation so like the um, waste management open that's in Phoenix that's really huge with the stadium course um, that's run by a foundation called the, the Thunderbirds okay and they're again on the PGA tour but they're not pga tour employees or run by the tour my tournament is part of a section of the pga tour called championship management so the pga tour has about five tournaments plus a little bit others that are actually run by the tour so i work for a tournament but then i'm also a pga tour employee so when i worked for the rbc heritage like i never knew that i was like oh my god i'm working for the pga tour like this is so awesome and then i'm like i actually don't work for the pga you're like a satellite that works with them so how many i guess we'll call them just tours in general does the pga they don't even though they're not putting on one specifically, they're still the, are they still the name of it or designed. Yeah. So how many things do they have under their belt? So there's probably like 80 tournaments, I would say. That could be off. I don't know. That are on the PGA Tour. Gotcha. That is where players will play on that type of schedule. So the, the tour comes out with a schedule every year and people that are PGA Tour players have the opportunity to play on that. How many of those are PGA Tour ran, run. ran events that they run themselves. So the FedEx Cup playoffs, which is at the end, those are three tournaments. That's like where you can win $10 million as a player. That's run by the PGA Tour. Okay. The Players' Championship that just happened this weekend, PGA Tour run because that's like the major for the PGA Tour. So a lot more of these more known tours are run by them and then yeah. they accumulate all these other... Mm-hmm foundations that put on events over time like you'll 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 find that tournaments leave and come off the like come on the tour and then are not on the tour anymore um like the tour still like gives resources and money to these tournaments but they're not fully investing in them yeah um like not the proprietary providers for these people like a lot of the sponsorship deals like they're done by the tour because that's you're putting your name on a pga tour event yes so those are like handled by the tour but like the little nitty-gritty things are then not run by the tour um but just like these little things like i would have never known like until i came into this golf world and to me it's just so interesting because there's so many different opportunities you have um like working for a company like the tour and uh it's just like so intricate people will never know so i hope you learn a little something if you listen to this podcast i don't i'm definitely still learning a lot of it while (laughs) it's honestly taking this all in it's so confusing a business at the end of the day yeah. if you think if you put that into different terms for someone else can understand you can easily explain that yeah i think you did i think everyone yeah sorry if i was a little ranty generally understands how to run a golf tournament yeah so but it really does take a long time i think people underestimate like i remember like when i got the job people were like you took a year yeah like what like are you gonna like have stuff to do and like don't get me wrong there's some moments where you have some i'm lulls. not working my like butt off 24 7 but trust me like when may june july comes around like i'm gonna be working like 12 hours a day sometimes weekends like it, it gets pretty intense so i just find it so interesting that this 
career path or this passion that you've developed for golf started kind of like on not one say on accident yeah but the opportunity that gave to you because you were so invested in football and I you're know. like i don't like golf and then you had this one you said you had internship was your first experience with it mm, the master and that just took it off and it's funny because so for all you that don't know who are listening to this podcast my dad was diagnosed with a disease and he was a really great golfer and unfortunately cannot play anymore because of his disease it affects his motor neurons and so um like that was kind of our thing like even though sports was our bonding like that's the thing that we went out and we did together and I knew that was something that he loved so much that that's why I wanted to do it with him Mm -hmm. so when he couldn't play anymore and like I obviously wasn't playing I kind of just like I felt a little like sadness about it like you missed the one thing yeah and for him too like he can't play all he can do is watch and I was like like I wish I could just let it like I wish I could do something just to make him play again because that was his biggest passion in life and so like in some way I was like I was so totally supposed to go on golf because now like my dad can kind of live through me and we have this like connection with golf now that's even stronger than probably football ever was or any sport ever was that's incredible yeah and and it's such like a full circle thing for me and it's just I really love golf now like I love watching it I watch it anytime I can I'm like fully invested into the players the players lives their success um who's your favorite player oh it's so hard Tiger Woods will always be like one of my favorite players like for me I think it's really important to don't get me wrong your life personal life affects you as a human but I you're still a human outside of sports correct but I also do believe that you need to sometimes separate personal life and sport when it comes to someone being so great like, Tiger Woods is by far one of the best PGA Tour players, if not golfer, of all time. Just put him up there with an athlete in general. Yeah, if not one of the greatest athletes of like, the yeah, all time when it there. comes to, you know, practicing, pushing yourself, always wanting to be best. Like, really hates losing. And, like, I can admire that completely. Like, he just, like, really pushed. And, like, although his personal life isn't wasn't the best. Like, it got a little sticky. I still think, like, that should not disqualify all that he's done and all that he still is doing. It's not like he cheated within the sport itself. Exactly. Like, I still, I look down upon other, especially more so baseball players with yeah. steroids oh, and yeah. records they break. And they still, you know, they're still up on their high horse. But at the end of the day, you maybe were a bad person outside the sport. But within the sport yourself, you still broke the rule exactly and and so i'm like love him still totally um the young clients that have really come up and like made i think golf a more sociable sport i think a lot of the time people so associate golf as like white old men you know playing or watching but it's really so much more than that so like jordan spieth justin thomas ricky fowler they're like justin thomas is two years older than us uh, jordan spieth is two years older than us. i'm familiar with the two but i don't know who um thomas justin thomas he went to alabama okay um huge golfer really great won pga championship was has won a bunch on the tour i think 10 times is this where kids come from generally they all come from well at least in america from schools Mm -hmm. whereas there's people come international from all over the place i mean roy McIlroy, also one of my huge favorites ireland correct yeah he's from northern ireland he actually just won the players championship this weekend um like, he didn't go to college over here. No. And so, like, that's also a huge success story. But just people like that, they're really making the game young again and, like, really getting kids involved. It's really refreshing. Yeah. And, and it's really nice that they're all involved on social media. I think that's a huge part of growing the game and people can actually connect to them through social so media. So that's probably why people feel closer because exactly. they, have, they have the opportunity to. Yeah. Um, and so, like, those guys are definitely some of my favorites. But Imagine I really... if Tiger Woods' life was on social media, probably be... It's different. Like it's a, a different time, so yeah. it's just they were fortunate enough to be in this time where they can, and yeah. which is just growing the sport even more. And I think like that's grown my love for it as well, like being a part, being a part of their lives, and then also working with it, appreciating it more. No, you're you're yeah, yeah you're really invested into yeah, it, which is awesome. Really, it's crazy because I used to like legit detest it. Like I hated coming home. My dad was watching it. I was like, oh my god, like please get me out of here. And now it's one thing you look forward to. Yeah. Now I'm like, why aren't you watching it? Like I'll text my dad and I'm like, do you see what happened? He's like, oh, I'm not watching it. Yeah. I'm like, why aren't you watching? Do you get ESPN updates on your phone? Oh yeah. Of course. Why not? And being a tour employee, as lucky as I am, we get like um NBC Sports Gold. Oh, so you get a little benefit. Yeah. So you get to watch it for free. You just have to pay for it. Okay. So, but we get to watch it because like the players just on NBC. So they sent us out. Um, they're like, hey, all employees get to watch it. So I got to watch it thankfully. But I'm like, haha dad do you want my son because i can watch it and you can't <laughs> can you you couldn't share it with him at the time or no oh i probably could but okay. that's not fun well that's your dad you can do whatever you want to yeah it's fine but no he would have to know my email and password he doesn't know that well it seems like he gotten a lot more than just that one perk out of this entire experience yeah yeah but happy for you it's so cool i know i love it it's that's really great. it's really awesome i couldn't be it's really crazy because i like i said just wouldn't have pictured that going to 
like school and being in golf but like I said like USC great sport management program led me to the way I needed to go and gave me the opportunities that I had and have um, so definitely without them I wouldn't be here and I, I always said if I won the lottery I'd literally want to name the HRSM school after me like the brewery <laughs> school of HRSM like 100% if I obviously you wouldn't quit your day job no 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 but I seriously would totally give money to that school so I could have my name on it is this something you still is it within this field like you want to stay with tours and golf like you don't want to stray away from this at all so actually this summer i worked for an agency i actually got to work for a really top agency um sport wise and especially in golf and i loved it Mm -hmm. i really is this the the one in new york you had okay yeah um really loved it really got to see the insides and out of how an agency works i know my whole life I wanted to work in football, but I thought being an agent would be awesome. Right. But the problem is, and what you hear with from especially a lot of professors when you're going into this is your industry is everybody wants to be an agent. Like everybody wants to be, you know, that Jerry Maguire movie. Everybody wants to sign a player. Everybody wants to, you know, sign the next A-Rod, sign the next, you know, It's a huge deal, yeah. It's a huge deal. You're making money. You get to interact with players. You get to interact with teams. Living the life and benefiting from the perks right there. Exactly. So who wouldn't want to be an agency agent? Excuse me. But like that's competitive. A, yeah. And it's so competitive. Competitive is all hell. Cause you're putting on how one you have to go about attracting players. Do you, would you scout your own talent? And they're like, Hey, we have potential clients go try to like, you know, be a salesman and win them over. Yeah. Well, it depends. So like a lot of the time, if you're out solo, you're traveling everywhere and like trying to talk to kids from like high school. Right. Like those people that you think are really going to stand out and you have to like follow them as you go on and just pray that they choose you over a huge agency that's going to try to take them from you. And so I remember reading a, an article about like one of the first woman agents in football and she would say like she would just start really young and just keep bothering them and bothering them and reminding them that she was there and wanted to be with them. And a lot of the time like these agencies would swoop in last minute and just take them because they have the money, the connections, the people, the resources. Right. Whereas like when you're by yourself, you're just like, it's just I you. know you, I want to give you my all and like I hope you can take a chance on me. But like 98% of the time, like they're not going to choose you. it's... it's- as much as you would like to, it's such a hard, like, exactly. it's a hard note, all the money you get, yeah. especially these families that are receiving these kinds of things. Exactly. And these players are coming out. Of, they work so hard for that exactly. money. Exactly. And the second they get a glimpse of an agency wants them, they're not going to take, you know, a single person. Like as much as you want like that wholesome guy to come up to you and be like, oh, I believe in you. Let me do That's not going to happen. They're going to choose an agency that can get you an a million, $10 million contract like this. So not necessarily they're going to choose like. The hard, the more hardworking person, not yeah. necessarily hardworking, but the person who's going to care more. Yeah. So like where an agency is when they have like a reputable reputation where they are able to go out. Don't get me wrong. They're still scouting these people. They're going to their matches. They're still doing their, their, their work. They're yeah. still doing their work. It's not like they just they have the in. money and the name to back exactly. them up. Exactly. But they have resources. They have money. They have connections. They usually already have players that have, you know, done really well with contracts and sponsorships. So like a quick call to them isn't easy I mean, it's easy. Whereas like if I were to just call, I'd be like, hello on Nike. Can I talk to, (laughs) you know, like it's so different. Megan Brewy here. Uh, Yeah. So I think that's something that's still on my mind and I still want to do. It's just depending on how I get there and matter of when. Yeah. And what also what I learned about the agency this summer is a lot of the time you don't have to have a law degree. I think a lot of the time. I didn't even know you need a law degree. Well, that's good. Yeah, um, I there are no a lot idea. of first people to say that, but usually as an agent, you're like, he needs a law degree. And I when, see where that makes sense because you're liable for everything this person that you may get him involved with. Yeah. And you're negotiating contracts. I yeah. mean, like you're either negotiating contracts with companies that want to sponsor you or you're negotiating contracts with teams. So like, yeah, you, ha- you need to have some sort of knowledge. You need foundation. Co- yes, you do. Um, but Just Google it. It's fine. <laughs> Find anything. But a lot there. of people do think you need a law degree. But I've learned like you really don't. You just really need the experience. Um, what law I'm, degree will help you maybe just for someone starting out with nothing, like yeah, no backing, exactly. no connections. But if you're already in it, like work your way through. It will help you definitely pick up on things faster, I think, because you have that knowledge. Right. But one of the when when I worked for the agency this summer, one of the agents never went to law school and he worked for an agency and was basically like a co agent with somebody. So necessarily wasn't the head agent negotiating the contracts. But shadowing them around yeah, and working on them with working every on contract other stuff, or... still doing stuff, like really important things, but was just learning. Seeing what the contracts were, seeing how just he was like a paralegal would with yeah, the same thing. You exactly. get that first step in. Uh huh. And now he's his own agent and is one of the top golfers signed to him. But it's like, um, it 
he's like it it takes it took me a couple years to really get a hang of it of but like after you have those years like i don't need a law degree like you didn't need it you already did you put all that time in just working trying yeah. to figure it out by yourself well, with th- everyone else as well and i think it depends to what sport you go in so like for a lot of baseball players, they're mostly negotiating with teams. And, like, they necessarily don't have a lot of outside contracts. Okay. There's so many baseball There's players. So That's many. why. Yeah. Golfers are a little smaller niche. Yeah. And it's just, you don't, like, when I think of sport commercials or sport sponsorships, I'm not, like, really seeing baseball players. You're no. seeing NFL players, basketball golfers, players, basketball. More recognizable. Exactly. So, with baseball, you're negotiating Especially like, especially with this Mike Trout deal that just oh happened God. today, four hundred thirty million dollars for twelve years, nine years, nine years. He gets thirty six million dollars a year. Get what's guaranteed? I don't know. Okay, doesn't matter. I'm sure it's freaking a lot. Of He's money. doing pretty well. But, but I, yeah, who's the agent for that? So I actually looked it up because I wanted to know what's his cut. So, so usually agencies <laughs> cut. Like if he even got ten percent of that, was that forty four point three million? Yes. Yeah. Like, thank you. But I actually looked it up. His agent only represents Mike Trout. And I was, I was texting Sam Sam today and I was like, this guy doesn't even need any other players because he just like got this deal and he's secured his bag. Yeah. So, um, but what were we talking about? (laughs) Um, agencies and just how you fell in love with the different side of, no, um, I don't know. This happens quite often. Anyway, but so like. It's crazy that oh so for baseball for example those people are just those agents are necessarily like just negotiating with the team so like you need to know like with baseball negotiations they go into like RBIs like all those technical stuff a lot more statistics a lot more statistics and just a lot more like you need to know the insides and out of more of a contract whereas like golf for example you don't have a contract with the PGA Tour. Like what do you have a contract with? Just the sponsors. A- sponsors, okay. So like, who, what clubs you use, what golf you use, what apparel you have, what's on your hat, what's on your sleeve, what's right. here. It's more sponsorship contract. It's just more individual. It's one person you got to worry. about. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about negotiating with the team. There's You're no just team. negotiating to organizations on the likeness of the person, um, how they will wear their stuff, what things they'll go to. It's more of a likeness and a like. I don't know, relationship than it is like what I can do for this team. This is why I'm better. These are my statistics. All right. Um, based all right. on this player and this player. It's more this like is a how branding much. around yeah. the person you're managing yeah. or so sponsoring. A, a law degree may totally help you bet more if you were going to baseball. Like, Fair a enough. Total more. Especially with basketball too. Yeah. But with golf, for example, like, yeah. I'm sure it helps. But like for an agency I worked for, for example, um, one of the partners, he represents football players, but not for their contracts with the team. He represents only their marketing and okay. their sponsorship deals. So um, one of the main football players, he'll um, go to his one agency, the contract with the, with the team. But right. then the agent who I worked to become his company, um, he does all their marketing sponsorships, um, appearances, talks speaking events stuff one like side that. of things yeah but then he doesn't go to the team so like that a lot of those like nfl quarterbacks do have those two types of people Makes especially sense. if they're good um because quarterbacks are usually like the name and the face yeah of the like team. a paint manning all the commercials he's done exactly um and like now that he's retired the speaking events like that type of stuff someone's still controlling that or yes. helping him out and with it not necessarily deals. is the guy who signed his deal with the broncos or the colts right um, so I think I don't think it would be at that point. Yeah, no. I don't and think I, so. And also, like a lot of the time, those people have two different like experiences in concentrations. Life. Exactly. I guess, again, so like the guy who does the marketing for you know Peyton Manning probably has more experience and has more connections in you know different types of sponsorship deals, different companies who work with athletes, whereas the person who negotiates his contracts with the NFL teams probably has more of an experience in negotiating actual contracts with nfl teams you know know, statistical stuff that kind of stuff so i think it honestly depends on who the player is and how successful they are how reputable a person they can be like i'm sure like a lot of nfl quarterbacks have two people especially if they're you know those types of quarterbacks that are there for 10 20 years of course but like a wide like obj probably just has one he probably only needs one he probably loses probably goes through agents so fast though with the way he acts i know unfortunately like you hope that your agent sticks by you like through everything and i i think one thing like players should always do is treat their agent with you know so much love and respect vice versa though too oh same because one the player wouldn't be there without the agent like 
contract wise sponsorship wise but then also the agent would not be there without the player right so i think it's really important to understand like both sides and that like it's res- a relationship respect and like love and honesty needs to happen like yeah it's work being done yeah. it's business but at the end of the day that's a relationship that exactly. like you said hope never breaks uh-huh and it does obviously i mean conflicts like, happen it happens um but i just like find all this stuff so interesting and um I yeah, I can if, tell. It's great. I though. know. I don't know if I necessarily want to be an agent, but I think working in a a player aspect role would be really awesome. Whether whether that's like being their marketing manager or um, just helping them in like everyday life. If anybody's looking for a sports agent, yeah, um, anyone, well, anyone in high school job, listening, very true. But in the future, in you the high future, school athletes, if you're out there, where would you would you mainly try to focus if you were an agent yourself? What would you like want to dig into? I think golf was like yeah. would be my number one, but just because I'm so comfortable in it. I mean, you like, know I, it well. I know the business. You can like, spot a good player when you see one, probably. Yeah, I know the business pretty well. Um, I've been able to work under agents and kind of get the feel of it, and been able to have conversations with people that have been successful in the business just to kind of get the gist of it. Of course. Um, I think when you first start out you can't say no to any opportunity. I mean, like if I got an opportunity to work for an agent in like hockey, I'm not going to say no because a lot of the time you can transfer the skills when it comes to being an agent to any sport. You just, once you stick with a sport after a while, you know, the contacts more, you know, you get better at that one. Yeah. And then it's better to pretty much stay at that. Like you don't see a lot of agents that are going back and forth. Like a lot of agents don't have, you know, two NFLs, two NBAs, one, like it just doesn't. It's like being a chef. You stick to your kind of style, your one Italian dish, your Italian style. And you don't, yeah, don't branch out. Obviously would hope to go to golf if that would be any off like thing of mine. But if I got an opportunity to go help an NHL, NBA, NFL, MLB, anybody, I'm not going to say no. Anyone giving you a shot. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I think that's really important in life, too, is, like, you have to understand, like, when you get this oppor- like opportunities like this, you can't be like, oh, that's, like, not really what I want. Be a yes person. Yeah, be a yes person. Be a yes person. Don't be too yesy, though. Well, that's when you get caught up and you say yes to everything and you can't handle what you said you were going to do. Exactly. That's just time management. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, I love golf, love life. <laughs> you you seem to love a, everything that you've been talking about. And I've definitely learned a lot <laughs> more so about just the business side of things, especially. Yeah. I don't know you like the whole I know you work with all these different sort of mm-hmm. tournaments and different roles you've had, but you seem to be pretty well versed in everything that goes on. Is there something that you haven't done that you were like, hey, I want to learn this about this specific tournament or how this runs? Yeah. Um. Well, going off like your podcast, I've been listening to a couple of episodes and it's all about like Thank finding you. your plan B after yeah like life right seems like you well you found what you want to get into yeah i i actually was thinking about this like listening to your podcast and just thinking about coming on and like what to say or talk about and i was talking i was telling sam this the other day that i i love my job i love like my life i have great friends great family great boyfriend everything's great right but after college i think finding a true purpose in life is something definitely hard to do like i like I said, love my job and I love everything, but I think finding something that I'm like really, really passionate about besides work, you know, going out with friends, hanging out. Oh, apart from work and everything. Apart from that, like just finding something that like I really love. And I think a lot of the time, like being on social media and just being usually the type of person that has their life figured out, or at least seems to have their life figured out. um, It's been definitely a struggle of mine after college, like figuring out something that like, you can also do yeah because like i but don't make your plate too full no i know and, and i don't think like i remember i talked to you about starting a podcast i'm like maybe yeah. that's something i can get like really into something you can try out yeah, and then, yeah definitely and just see where it goes um but like obviously i don't want to be too busy and like put too much on my plate um, with work and everything but it's definitely something that i've struggled with and i think like i said like looking on social media you look at some of these people and they're like doing so much in life especially influencers well like, I, that's, a def- that's something i could talk about all day which yeah. is just something that's a controversial topic in itself no like, yeah but i think like i like sometimes get caught up i'm like oh my god like like there's like, something why I'm then doing. Like, yeah and, yeah like, why them i'm like i think i'm pretty fun and awesome i and, think you're great and like i think i could be just as good as them but like i'm not getting paid you know it's because it, you don't know what they've done to do exactly. it but it's a whole just like it's a fight within yourself yeah. i i struggle with that too yeah and i'm like that's and, a common thing and then i also have to realize like i'm 22 
Like, I am 22 years old. Like, I just finished college. I have a full-time job, which is awesome. I have great I love friends. love what you do. I love what I do. I mean, I work for an amazing company that I never thought I'd work for. I have a boyfriend who I love. I have friends who I love. I have family that I love. Um, Life's but, good. But, like, there's still that one thing that, like, I feel like I need to find, like, I don't know, just one thing that I feel really confident or just, like, amazing about. And... I'm like, maybe that's being an agent. And like, until I get there, I'm never going to feel like... You won't know until you yeah. try it. And like, I just, I think I have to keep trying different things, going to different things, looking at different things and different perspectives until I like, I feel like I'll have that moment where I'm like, this is it. Like, this is what like the purpose is. This is what I've been like looking for, asking for, like wondering about. But I just don't think I'll get there until I find it. When you get there, and you're going to know it. I know. You're going to feel like this is it. And then in that moment, you're going to decide, like, okay, this is what I wanted. Or maybe you'll, even it could happen tomorrow, and you're like, wait, no. I know. I'm but, like, wow, this Chipotle bowl is actually <laughs> what I was looking for. No. But I think, like, that's a big struggle for like, a lot of people our age. Everyone struggles with that thing. Yeah. I think that's more so induced just because of what social media exactly. has become. Uh, definitely. It, 15 years ago, you couldn't even talk about that because no. you wouldn't know about other people's no. problems or successes yeah. and stuff like that. And so, like, that's definitely... So, like, wanting to try things, I think, like, starting a podcast would be really cool. Or Go like, for it. I don't, I don't know. What, whatever it is, if you have an idea or an inkling, just do it. Yeah. And then you'd be like, oh, that was fun. Yeah. Maybe. And if it wasn't, then yeah. you'd maybe try something different. But just, like, I don't know. I think there's a bunch of things I want to try. Obviously, I want to travel. Of course, and, I want to try. I'm um, going to Seattle. <gasps> I want to go Thursday. there. <gasps> I'm so jealous. It's going to be a good time. Well, like not where, but what are you doing? I'm going to be with my company and we put on education for pharmacists so they can get credit and whatnot. And I'll oh, be, cool. we'll be, I'll be running a conference. Well, not running. I'll be helping That's awesome. with the marketing for that conference. You have to go to Starbucks. Why? That's where Starbucks started. That's where the first Starbucks is. Is it at the um, Space Needle? It's in Seattle. Okay, I'll go. How do you not know this? I don't go to Starbucks. I go to Dunkin' if I ever get a craving for coffee. Oh, just, See, I don't drink coffee, but I love Dunkin' and sweet iced tea. I just like the um, caramel and the co- iced coffee. Oh, I do too. Only the caramel. That's all. That's my favorite part. I saw. I started on like this health phase after college. You know, like Orange Theory, trying to lose weight and stuff. And when I look at calories in that caramel stuff, I can't drink it anymore. I just don't think about that stuff. Yeah. Honestly, well, I'm was, good. I feel like you guys have like a better metabolism than us. I think I have a pretty good metabolism. And you're an athlete your whole life. It helps. I'm still an athlete. Just kidding. I haven't done. I haven't done anything like athletic in years. I five hundred pounds every day, so. That one, I wouldn't want to do that. That'd be <laughs> gross, too. No way. I couldn't do that if I uh, tried. Oh, that's funny. But do you feel like you found your purpose? So I don't think I'll ever find exactly the purpose that I would ever want to be. Yeah. I don't know. I'm very optimistic when it comes to life in general. Yeah. Um, right now, my goal is more so working towards just myself and trying to find my own niche. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this. I've been doing. I've been having a lot of fun just doing these podcasts. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome to listen to. Um, I was being biased before we started, and um, I think this is still probably my most favorite one. I think I learned the most in this one. Not more so about you, oh. and what things have you done, but also just you know I got some insights on a different world that I've never indulged or stepped into yeah i think that's amazing out there. i think it's amazing <laughs> and whoever's whoever does listen whoever's listening i hope you learned a thing or thing or two especially about business and sports management and a lot of things that you've talked about i can relate to and apply to my practice and my work currently right now yeah and i think at the end of the day it's all just about having a great attitude of what you're doing like you started so long ago at this one thing and now you've come so far and it just seems that the more you did it, the happier, happier you were and got doing it. Oh, yeah. You found fulfillment and just joy in what you did. And not everyone finds that. And that's something that's really nice. And, you know, I'm sure you are really happy and proud of what you've done and what you've been do- been able to do so far. Oh, for sure. I mean. You like, don't take anything for granted. I no, see that, obviously. Definitely not. And I, I like always do have to remember, like being in the sport world, especially as a woman right now, 22 years out of college. I even think about it like that too. Yeah. I mean, like that's really not how it is anymore. But like for me, I'm always like, like for example, like a lot of the time you walk into an agency, you're not going to see a woman agent. You're going to see a marketing manager. That's a woman, not necessarily an agent. That's not a bad thing. That's not just at all. Kind of like, and a lot of the time, the woman takes on that, you know, coddling role. You know, and that's awesome if you want to do that. Go ahead. Exactly. And so, like, I, like, want to defy those odds, though, and, like, be the boss-ass bitch and well, get you're things just, done. Well, you're just being the boss-ass bitch for everyone else who couldn't before, yeah. so. But, like I said, it's just, like, been really amazing. I really do, like, have to take sometimes, like, a breather and just be like, wow, I'm 22 years old. I just graduated college, and I'm working for the PGA Tour. Like, you weren't you weren't thinking that four years ago before oh, no. you got to the school. No. I remember, like, people would ask me, what do you want to do? And I'd be like, I didn't even know 
like I knew golf, but I didn't know like what I like what I wanted to do in golf. You just knew golf. So I'd be like, oh, I want it for the tour, you know, do something with that because like that's a huge entity in golf, and I'm like, sure, and like that actually is happening. And it's been happening. Yeah, and so sometimes I think I do like although I have all these goals to do all these things and like you know possibly go into the agency world or just move up in life and whatever it is, I I still have to you know ground myself and be like you're doing okay right now like you don't need to rush you don't need to you know start thinking about five years from now where you need to be where you want to go just level headed just like love where you are right now soak it all in learn as much as you can meet whoever you can and you know really take this experience to you know use it and guide it to you to the next step so really grateful and just really excited for the future the sky is the limit it really is i'm ready so yeah that sounds great and i'm really happy for you Thank you. I'm happy for you too. Thank you very much. And all your podcast ing. Ink. Ink. Podcasting. Podcast ing. Podcasting. It's an adjective, yeah. That's what I said. Okay, I thought you said ink. No. Okay. What would, what would ink have I to do with podcasting? I don't know. Tattoos or something? Also, I would just like to clarify from last week's podcast. I oh, yes. You did. I don't say coffee. I you say, say coffee. I say coffee. You say dog. I say dog. Ah. Uh, Cassie says dog and no, coffee. That's very true. But you know, you used I used unless to. you've changed. I have. I went to school in the south and I don't say dog anymore. In the last podcast I even said y'all. See? Yeah. Oh, and you guys all are like like I remember I write y'all in the group chat and everyone's like, I'm not responding to you until you say you all or you guys. I was never a part of that. As Steven. Well it's pretty, So Steven, if you're listening, I don't I do refer to you as Jersey though. We're we are Jersey. Yeah. Well, because Steven's like he talks like coffee and dog. But so do you. Well, you did. Yeah, but not anymore. Well, you just proved me wrong, I guess, then. Yeah. I literally was listening to this in the car ride home, and I was, like, <laughs> responding to you guys. Like You are like, thinking what you are going to say. Bit, and I was like, I just get ready for me to be on this podcast because... There you go. I'm going to correct how I talk. She's cleared her name, everybody. I'm just kidding. I still have Jersey in me. We'll, we always will. I will be a Jersey girl at heart, but I love the South, so... I'm th- going to move there and never come back one day. I would like to move to the... At least I, I want to move to somewhere south, a sunnier place. I want to move to Doesn't Charleston. have to be America. I don't care. Really? I don't care. South America doesn't appeal me. I'm not saying South America, I know, but I would just still, wherever still time takes it. me at that moment, you never know. YOLO. Pretty much. And I think with that, we are going to end it. Dab. Thank you, everybody, for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. You made me cringe. I'm sorry. You don't like the dab? <laughs> well, thanks for everybody to listen to me rant and. Keep listening to Brandon Shamus podcast. The the best podcast. The best podcast in the world. Thank you.